Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 120. Now, I'm rolling solo again this week as John is honeymooning and enjoying that newlywed life. Congrats again to John. But today, I'm talking with one of my oldest friends in the online woodworking community. Andrew Bacon started Field Treasure Designs back in 2012 making rustic pallet clocks and hand-stenciled signs. He grew this side hustle and tested and produced dozens of new products along the way. He sold products into all 50 states as well as overseas and had a legit massive business going. Now, through several life changes and moves, Andrew's business changed with him until he finally decided to pivot into a new venture. He's going to share with us today the evolution that he went through and give some awesome tips and nuggets of wisdom for all the aspiring side hustlers out there. Now, before we get into it, I do want to thank the MFP patron tribe out there. Uh, we're recording double, so I don't have new patrons, but we will hit those next week. And without further ado, here's the interview with Andrew Bacon. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. I'm super stoked for today because uh, one of my, I don't know, if not the oldest, one of my oldest friends in the woodworking community, Andrew Bacon from Field Treasure Designs. Andrew, Welcome to Made for Profit, my man. Hey, dude, I am as equally excited. And yes, I think you you really are one of the longest friends from this whole crazy adventure, man. That's pretty awesome to hear. Yeah. Or to I, be reminded of. I know. I, I was uh, so quick backstory before we get into your story, Andrew. So uh, I think I met Andrew probably in 2014 and uh, on the this little thing called Instagram when there was like 37 people uh, doing woodworking and and Andrew was crushing it with uh, field treasure designs and pallet clocking people over the face. And uh, <laughs> it was just awesome. And uh, we got connected there. And then we actually recorded, I think both of, well, I don't know, at least mine, you probably had something before that. We had a, uh, it's still out there. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. We did four years ago. We did, I'm looking at it. It's on my, my SoundCloud account. Hanging in the shop with Field Treasure Designs, business life oh, and woodworking. Man. The inaugural podcast that I ever did that was a one and done. That was the one of one, <laughs> Andrew and I. <laughs> yes. I think we grabbed, didn't we go to Chipotle before that? And then we went back to your place. Oh, was absolutely. that the live one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we did that. And then we did the live. It, it was awesome. It was awesome. So that's so cool. Needless to say, uh, Andrew and I uh, go back many years and lots of things to talk about here today. So I'm super stoked about that. But Andrew, why don't you? Uh, for folks that may not know who you are and what Field Treasure Designs is about, and I know it's it's going to be a really interesting story because lots has changed. Um, you know, hit us with uh, what you're what you're currently doing, what you used to do. You know, just kind of the the quick synopsis, and then we'll dive in from there. Yes, the elevator pitch. I started this thing as a total accident. So I bought my house in our first house with my wife was uh, 2012 right in there. And the first thing I did with, with my two stall garage was build a workbench. I said, I'm building a workbench. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make stuff. I literally had tools in a 
shed, like in a shop, like being stored because I, where we used to live and rent, we didn't have a place for it. So I started making things. I started building things. Instagram kind of had been on the scene for a little while. I started posting stuff. And there's a really funny story about even how my social media presence began, you know, and yeah, I started meeting cool people all over the country, getting real excited, started selling stuff, created a website, a brand, a business, and all while I was working full time. And man, we, gosh, since then we've sold to every state in the country. We've shipped something to every state. We've shipped internationally. I've kind of since gone away from the product uh, at this point in the stage, but Man, I still remember years ago we were on the phone and you said, you know, I think I'm going to try YouTube. And I remember thinking, dude, Brad is out of his mind. It's oversaturated, you know, all that work. And then, yeah, look at you now on the YouTube, but on the YouTubes. The tubes. But, uh, or as John would say, the tubes. The tubes, that's uh, right. Yeah, so to speed it up, I've always worked a full-time job. I have a family. I have three kids. Uh, I developed and built Field Treasure Designs all on the side, nights, weekends, like many of you probably listening can understand and relate with, you know, the quote side hustle. And then had some, you know, had some struggles with the full-time gig, you know, kind of not really getting excited about it, not really supporting it. That's why the social media presence kind of their name, all that. And uh, that's kind of a cool thing to talk about, but um, yeah, speed it up to now. I now have a new career. I'm, I, I do real estate full-time. I kind of got into the house flipping a little bit, remodeling, and I have this year, actually, 2019, I decided to finally go all in and really work on the YouTube game, really just to kind of share the stories of how I make things, how I develop things, you know, whether it's something that someone else has already designed and built or maybe a new and fresh kind of take on something. And so that's been a new, whole new journey from kind of I was more of the product sales, social media, website, retail end of the spectrum. And I've kind of moved to this kind of brand blog remodel. And then now I'm in kind of the YouTube world all while still kind of having a family and, and making our way through life. So, and we have, we went from Tyler, Texas to Clemson, South Carolina, and actually a little stop in Greenville along the way. And then now we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. So that's a whole, we could dive into all that as well. So we are now in Lincoln, Nebraska, just the Midwest, baby. Just, yeah, just uh, ready for the snow. Uh, has, have, mm -hmm. has it snowed there yet? It has not. Last year, I saw a Facebook memory, I think about two days ago last year, we had our first snow. Oh, gosh. And my friends over in Denver, not too far west of here, got about four inches last week. Yeah, And yeah. so we're still kind of wondering when that first first snowfall hit. So I'm from Houston originally. So this, I'm so, I get so pumped every time it snows here. Right, right. right. But your wife is from Nebraska, right? That's right. She's okay. from Lincoln. That's, that's what we're doing here. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so, so good little rundown. I think the, the interesting part and the part that I'm really excited to kind of dig into and peel back today is because like you were, you know, for all intents and purposes it, in, especially from the outside view. So I want to hear, you know, a little bit more behind the scenes, like super successful in selling like the small goods. So just kind of getting into that. So like, you know, Field Treasure Designs, I, I kind of talked about at the beginning, like, you know, you're doing the pallet clocks. Uh, I know a huge thing for you was doing stenciled uh, state signs, which were, mm -hmm. you know, which were like a dude. I remember like whenever you'd run those sales like half off or like what five bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> right. And you'd have those pictures if you guys go through uh, 
Andrew's Instagram feed. I'm sure you can go back and see it. It's just be like his whole living room, like like literally hundreds of state signs, which in in uh you know in execution, I think they're pretty simple, right? It's, it's basically like a, yep. a one by six or a one by eight that was stained and then uh, and then dry. Uh, what do you call it? Dry blotted or dry stenciled? Yeah, uh, totally white on top. But uh, but man, you had a production going there, dude. Like like how much like at the prime of FTD, what how much were you shipping out like a week, a month? Like how many? Yeah, how many bro, those days in truly that was like the hustle, like the definition of hustle was, you know, side was like small letters. Hustle was like <laughs> max font, you know, all caps. But yeah, bro, we I mean, and again, it's it was an act. I mean, you know, I, and that's what's fun about sharing the story is like I, I've got a little, you know. I guess what you call skill set, or I've got a a natural like idea of brands that I like and I, an eye for detail. But man, I am this was an accident. Like this did not. This isn't like I went to school and learned how to do this. And yeah, we you know the clock the clock movement. I mean, I hit it. Uh, you know, right at the p- pinnacle. I think of where Etsy and Instagram and handcrafted was like all happening. And I think timing is so important. You know, I remember the day that I walked into Target and saw like the reclaimed vibe that they had achieved with their factories in China, just like Hobby Lobby has done. And I remember thinking, yep, like my time has come to an end. You know, like (laughs) we were able to kind of capitalize on this idea of this guy's making in his garage with his family, which was absolutely true. And yeah, then I came up with the state sign. And I think I, I think the clock definitely was my wife's idea. She she had the she had seen a, a something similar on Pinterest and had said, "Hey, I think you could do this." And so I gave it a shot. And I'll never forget. I was uh, it was in the middle of the summer, and so my my former career was I was a camp director for a really awesome overnight summer camp uh, and family camp called Pine Cove. It's, it's something you guys should check out if you've got kids. It's an it's an awesome, uh, fun uh, you know ministry and, and experience for kids and. I was doing that in Texas. So my summers were like super busy. So every little hour I had free, I was making something. Well, I had put the, my, my initial sales channel for the products was Etsy. And so I'd take a photo, I'd put it on Etsy and I would have the stock, you know, reflecting what I actually had in stock. So I put like two in stock. Well, then one day I got home, I'm, I'm leading a small group with these, uh, some staff and I get a ding on my phone, you know, you're sold out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sold out. And then I ran to the computer. I checked it out. I I threw another one in stock because I was like, ah, let's just see. Boom, sold out. I I kept doing it. I kept doing it. I was like, ah, I'll just, because I never, I'll just, I'll just have the orders and I'll make them later, which I never liked to do because I never wanted that pressure. So I always wanted to make them and then sell them. And so finally that day, I just said to heck with it. And I threw like 30 in stock and they all sold out. And I finally figured out that my item, my reclaimed pallet clock, this, 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 you know, palette, you know, clock that hangs on the wall. It was featured on Etsy's front page. Somebody had curated it onto like a, a set of like nine, you know, products. And it was all over the world on Etsy's nice. front page for like an hour. And so that was like, I just couldn't believe it. So I'm running around the house. I'm telling everybody, I can't believe it. I'm on, you know, I'm on Etsy worldwide. You know, that was way back when that actually could happen. And so from there, you know, we developed the other things. And yeah, the, the state sign came into play because we kind of had to figure out how to, 
you know, with any kind of mass production item, you've got to figure out how to create it, you know, very simple. You've, it's got to be repeatable. It's got to be pretty easy, but also customizable. And the state sign was perfect because it was very easy, very clean, but also customizable, you know, to be able to make, you know, I ended up making 50 different state stencils. And, you know, I always remember when I would get an order for like a, some country I'd never heard of, you know, I'd have to right. Google it, you know, <laughs> find it, make the stencil. But I kind of had this little niche and yeah, you're right. Like I remember one time I had, I literally had them all over my garage floor and it just looked like I was running this factory out of my house in Tyler, Texas, you know? Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> well, I, and I, I remember like, because, and I would, I saw the um, progression because you started with just the state signs and then, you know, I'd always love to see your Instagram posts about like, oh, you know, I'm cutting a new stencil. And so, and, and you were cutting these out of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever sheet good that is, that's like a heavy plastic, right? And you were kind of yep, yep, biography, right. like heat cutting them out. So you're doing this by hand, uh, which was awesome. And then, uh, you know, you'd, you'd add that. And then I remember you filling out all 50 states and you had this like huge binder with like all these sheets in them. And I was like, oh man, like, yeah, you were, you were in it. Um, like what, what did that look like? Uh, you know, kind of how, how did that come to, uh, you know, crescendo, if you will, like, you know, I remember those, the sales and, like after one of those sales, because I know you would do the sales and, and from my perspective. So, you know me, right? Like I, I, it's really funny because, you know, knowing you for so long, uh, I know like you're very excitable, right? You get behind an idea and you're just like, yes, like, let's do this. <laughs> and so like, I could kind of like see in your mind, you're like, you know, it would be killer. What if we ran a half off sale? And then like, you know, then like uh, three days later, your garage is filled with these prints and then you go to the back end and you're like, all right, how much money did we make? And like, as a business person, uh, you know, as, as like fully business oriented, I'm like, no, not 50% off. <laughs> like, how are you making any money? Like, how, how did that look? How did that feel? I mean, was that more, did you do that to get the name out and then try to just get that recognition? Were you actually making money? Were you losing money? Like, like how did that work when you're doing something as aggressive as that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, there's always a risk when you're doing product sales, you know, you're competing. I mean, when you're, I guess what you, the, the, the term I would use is, and it's an industry term, but widgets, when you're creating and manufacturing widgets, I mean, you are competing against the best of the best who can literally offshore this work, you know, factories and you know, Central America, Asia, I mean, these, the, the, there are places that are engineered to pump out products at certain specifications and to, you know, bring that cost per widget down. And for me, I mean, it was genuinely sourcing everything locally, right? Which means that, you know, obviously being in Texas, you know, price, local pricing wasn't terrible, but when you're buying your items at, you know, at Lowe's Home Depot, you know, you're already paying a retail price. So you're, you're figuring in these costs that, are really hard to make up. And so, yeah, for me, I mean, I would do the math. I had kind of an Excel spreadsheet, like, okay, a one by eight by 10 piece of board, you know, white wood or, or select pine, you know, that's gonna run me X amount of dollars. I'm gonna then cut it, you know, so now, you know, I can get eight, you know, state signs out of the one board. Okay, I've gotta get the paint, I've gotta make the stencil, the stencils cost this amount. The clocks, it was a very similar kind of aspect. The good news about the clocks was that the palette material was relatively free. 
you know, I have a video about how I make the clock finally. And one of the things I do say in there is that, hey, make sure you're you're not stealing your pallets, you know, from <laughs> uh, a retail store because those are there. They, they do own those, you know. Uh, but a lot of a lot of people, you know, want to get rid of pallets. They don't want to, you know, deal with, you know, throwing them away. So if I was willing to put in the sweat equity of tearing them down, I then had free material to base the product off of. And all I had to really purchase was the clock movement itself. And so, but yeah, back to the state signs, you know, I figured that I was, I did have pretty high margins on the signs when I would buy in bulk and be able to, you know, I could, I could get about eight states out of one long board. And so luckily the margins were really good. It just meant that I was really clearing less, you know, profit per piece when I ran this, uh, ran the sale. But the good news is, is that much like a lot of business in, in large retail companies, when you, you really have the option, I mean, you're really going to either do large quantity, you know, and so you're going to get, you know, X amount of dollars, but you're going to get large quantity. So that's going to multiply those profits or you're going to, you know, just have high premiums and have way better margins per item. And in the kind of maker world, honestly, to wait around for, you know, let's say I need 20 people to buy a, buy a state sign, you know, and clear, I don't know, $10 a, a board, you know, or can I sell 40 of them for half that? It was more possible to sell more of them. And really, to be honest, it, it was probably less about profits at that point, And it was more about excitement. I just would get so excited about wow, you know, all these people like what I'm making and want to buy it. I just never, I don't know, there's something really cool about you making something and somebody wanting it and, you know, wanting to hang it in their home and look at it every day. I mean, that is just, I, I don't want to be weird. It's just almost <laughs> magical. It's so, I it sounds kind of silly saying it. it's like, I just had never really thought about that. I mean, you know, I made stuff in shop class as a kid and my mom loved it, you know, but she's my mom, you know, that's kind of part of her job. And so to have somebody who doesn't know you purchase a product, I mean, that is just, and something again that you've made or designed, I mean, that's just, that's just cool. That's just special. So I think a lot of it was just the thrill of it, the excitement behind it, and then to be able to you know, have a little cash flow to then be able to maintain the business and even do, you know, new and more creative stuff. So then we got into candles and, you know, yes. t-shirts, branded stuff. So it was kind of an inch access point. You know, if I'm willing to put in the hours and the time, it would then allow me to do other things, which was always kind of something that drove me to do more. So, yeah. And, and, and you, like the same thing, you're a creative guy, super creative um, you know, that was one of the first things that turned me on to you on, on Instagram was your photography, great photography. So your product photos were always on point, uh, you know, just really crushing it there. And yeah, I mean, how many different products did you end up selling? Because I, yeah, the candles, the, the leather work, you know, the leather cup holders, the, you know, you were doing, uh, kind of passing through the coffee pour overs at, at one point, you know, what, how many, how many products did you end up selling in total do you know yeah that's a good question i i probably the you know you get into stuff like this and you you know you tend to kind of think you're excited about one thing and then you start realizing like oh this takes this requires cash this requires you know income you've got a profit i think that's why a lot of people you see them fizzle out and you know they for lack of a better term i wouldn't call it fail because to me even if you shut down the business you've you've really gained in a lot of ways 
as a person, as a human being. But so I don't, I, I want to, you know, I don't want to be quick to call it a failure if your if your little side business doesn't doesn't succeed necessarily. But you know, yeah, we you know started with the clock. It kind of then gateway to the 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 state sign, which the state sign the margins were great on both of those products. So those kind of subsidized what you know we were joking earlier about R and D. You know, I loved kind of tinkering. You know, like hey, what if I did a, a copper pipe stand pour over? You know, because kind of craft coffee started really taking off. Yep. And I think one of the things that I it probably ended up hurting me and hindering me down the road was I, I just love to learn and I love to dabble. And so I think of, you know, learning from other guys. So I wasn't I've always kind of been the guy that didn't stay in the niche, you know. Uh, so, you know, for us, it would have been the woodworking. For me, it was like, well, I love coffee, so let's jump into coffee. So, you know, I, I crazy enough, I met one of my other best friends to this day, Billy, who ran a coffee, you know, roasting business in Houston. And, and we are, I mean, we are like really good friends. And we met on Instagram, just like you and I did. And, you know, even last night we're texting during the Astros game, you know, and, um, but he was developing coffee. So now he roasts my coffee beans and I was selling coffee beans under the Field Treasure brand. And then, so we, we got into that, you know, we were doing food and beverage and then, Let's see. I, I I like the fashion aspect, so we're doing T-shirts. I, I <laughs> oh, never did a hat. Of course, though. the T-shirts. You got to do the, the T-shirts are classic because yeah, I, I think I've got three. I've got at least three of them. That one. That's right. That one horrible one. I did. I did donate. <laughs> that one was was really bad. The blue one. Oh man, the the, the, blue, the blue one with the oh. yellow print. And it felt like yep. you were wearing a piece of plastic on your back because it was just like that, so much a, print. <laughs> there is a funny story with that one. Uh, I went with a different printer for that one and it did not work out very well. But yeah, the T-shirts, I still remember you wearing your shirt that I sent you and you're like, yes, I got it. That gray one, that yeah. like total vintage oh, locker yeah. room one. Oh, yeah. 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 Bob but wears yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Bob Claggett. He wears that in his videos a lot. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Oh. From I like to make stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know what's funny is I think he may have bought that from me. It's, it's a I great actually, shirt, man. I do not think that I sent him one because I don't think we knew each other back then. So I always joke like, Bob, I think you, I think you paid for that. Like I think, you're, I think you, I think you were, that. you were a customer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that would, I would, I would totally see that too because I don't think. Because Bob wouldn't, the way I know Bob, he wouldn't wear a shirt somebody sent him for free. He would wear the one that he wants that's to right. wear. And so, yeah. That's right. Yeah, You're like the right. only yeah. maker shirt I ever see him wear other than his own. That's now, so. so awesome, man. He's he's awesome. I love his stuff. But yeah, um, but uh, sorry, I got you sidetracked. Yeah, so the, the T-shirt with the, uh, the the crazy printing. I because yeah. I and I, the, the only reason I'm ragging Andrew, too, is because I told him, I was, I was like, yeah, I got the blue one. And you're like, oh, my God, you're like, throw that away. That one is horrible. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't even have it anymore. And I should have like a, you know, my, my little museum of field treasure through the ages. And I don't even have that shirt. It's terrible. So, um, but yeah, you know, learning how to, how to order shirts, learning how to, you know, get them screened correctly. You know, then we came out with that coffee exclamation point shirt. That was kind of our first kind of non-branded shirt. And that's my claim to fame is that the Shanty to Sheet girls uh, each have one and wear it. <laughs> And uh, I always get excited when I see them wearing that shirt that I, I and that was just an accident. Like I thought it was funny. And um, but uh, let's see, you know, I oh, probably my 
you know, product development, you know, uh, just the other day, I mean, I saw, you, you know, you go into the stores and you see clocks now, like for $20, and they have literally mimicked the reclaimed rustic, you know, uh, um, uh, what's it called, chevron patterns. I mean, stuff that would take me two hours to make, they are cranking these out, you know, overseas. So you really, unless you've got people who just really want to buy the idea that you made this in your garage and, it's just really hard to compete. So I started looking at other stuff. And then the 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 crazy idea I had was that desk that I would ship you in a box. Yes, I and forgot the idea, about that, dude. God, yes. You've done so many products. <laughs> now, this it. thing, this thing was wild. I mean, I basically said, okay, I want to ship you the desk, and but I want you to be able to put it together so that you feel like you're making it, but it doesn't, it can't be complicated. It can't be complex. It's gotta be able to be done with a couple basic tools. And, you know, there was two, there was two real reasons. I mean, the drivers were one, shipping a desk in the actual box assembled is gonna cost a hundred dollars. So how can I, I can't pass that on to the consumer to pay for. So I gotta break this thing down and cut the costs there. And then the other aspect was, I'd love to have you help build it. Maybe that would be your excitement to, uh, to put it together and to be done, you know, to have instructions that are actually readable, unlike Ikea or Target, you know, where you're like, I have no idea what they're saying. And that actually went off pretty well. I mean, I, I did like a launch, I added some other goods to be put in it. And it was really, really kind of cool. But man, did that burn us out? I mean, we were, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a clip in my, one of my YouTube videos of, of like them all like stacked up. I think it's my intro video or whatever. And I was thinking back like, oh my gosh, that was literally insane. I mean, I'm mass producing desks in my garage, you know, <laughs> but you know, sustainability with that is pretty difficult. I mean, that to compete with Ikea and, yeah. and in places like that, you know, um, that's, that's, that's hard to do. So yeah, you know, essentially, yeah, product development, product packaging, shipping, you know, fulfillment, you know, all of that was, uh, man, it was an adventure to say the least. That's for sure. And then, you know, we, we, we curated a couple things. I mean, I remember Michael Strickland, our friend, um, who's really great in uh, leather work. I mean, he was doing some of the branded items for us, like our coffee mug sleeves and um, we were, I've got another good buddy, Seth in Arkansas that does that as well um, from time to time. And I got to give him a shout out. He's, he's a great dude. And, and, and he, he actually would help me make some stuff uh, back in the day. He'd come over, you know, in the summers and help me slave away. And nice. And so that, that, that was kind of cool. So yeah. The key change. Yeah. So, yeah so, you I remember know. all of it, dude. And, and I, I like, so, so you're, you're going down this, you're, you're doing products, you're finding new things, you're, you're always looking for the next thing. And I think, you know, that's kind of coming through in your conversation and just, you know, dozens of different products by the time that you've come through it. Where, like, where did that, uh, was it a, you know, just, it, it was not exciting anymore or you just, you weren't making enough to make it worth your time to do it. It wasn't growing enough. Like, like how did that, because, you know, I guess, you know, kind of fast forwarding, like, and you mentioned at the top of the show, you're not doing that anymore, you know, kind of walk us through that thought process and that wind down. Cause also, you know, you also had some personal things going on too, with the transition of the move and stuff, which, you know, keeping a business between a move is hard as it is anyway. 
Yeah, we, you know, we we had just started getting into candles, you know, and we were thinking, okay, this is cool. Let's, you know, so we were just diversifying so much. And so we had this spectrum of of goods on the website. And we were kind of kind of moving into a home goods kind of lifestyle brand on the website. And, you know, we thought, oh, the candles are cool. We had a campfire candle, I had a maker's blend. I mean, I kind of had this. I don't know, kind of holistic idea. And I remember, yes, yeah, so we got a, and we were, we were moving down that path pretty well. I think the problem was that, you know, I was working a full-time job and when you're into promoting a product, I mean, it takes just so much energy to stay relevant and current. And I've kind of noticed, and I don't think it's anything new, but I didn't really know it until I was actually in it and competing in the space that, you know, when you're talking about a brand and you're talking about products, I mean, and you're talking about American culture, uh, consumer culture, well, not even just American, but just consumer culture in general, there, you've really got to stay fresh. You've got to stay active. I mean, you've got to have a budget that is marketing oriented or lifestyle oriented. You've got to just be in front, and whether that's advertising or whether that's your personality or your freshness on Instagram. And, you know, I was sensing some conflict with that, with my full-time job, you know, and I wanted to promote more of what I was doing. And I kind of had somewhat of a public profile within the, within that world of um, my role there in Texas. And, you know, I remember talking to you about YouTube thinking, man, I just can't put myself out in front, you know, the way other guys can do that. You know, I, I can't really, Hey, I'm Andrew, I'm, I'm making this thing. It was just, it was starting to kind of conflict and there's other, there's other things probably to talk about there, but I ended up getting a, you know, I was finishing up my master's degree and I was actually about to leave the organization to, to look for another career. And they, they had actually promoted me to move to South Carolina to launch a full region to, to develop that. So that took, man, moving your family across the country. I remember that last summer. I mean, we were packing up our shop, but we were also making, 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 I mean, I was building clocks, making state signs kind of getting ready for that fall, you know, winter holiday mm -hmm. sales, which things just go crazy. I got to give a shout out to my friend Kyle, who who slaved away uh, that summer with me as well. And yeah, you know, we, we moved out there. And when you move your shop, when you're a maker and you move your shop, I had no idea how unsettling that would be. I mean, you don't know where things are. You're half in boxes. And we lived in Greenville for about six months. And we Man, you know, I think of some of the the photos, the imagery during that season as we try to kind of keep Field Treasure Designs the same way, but the branding and the the excitement, and then we're learning a new community. I mean, it all just kind of suffered. And so we had a pretty successful year, you know, because we had so much inventory and that we were selling out for the the holiday, you know, you know, folks buying stuff for Christmas. But then, man, we then end up moving again. We ended up moving again. <laughs> you know, 45 minutes away to Clemson, uh, and that house needed a full remodel. So then I'm thinking, I, I, I don't have a shop. All my stuff is packed away. I, I, I'm doing this remodel. I'm, I was building a $9 million summer camp uh, another 45 minutes away to be launched within a year. So the vertical construction, the, you know, just oh, I'm kind of learning... I'm learning a new job. I'm, uh, you know, so you kind of have these high stressors of moving across the country and for a Texan to move out of Texas. I mean, that's already unsettling, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so 
we were learning a new you know culture in South Carolina in the southeast we're we're building this this camp we're developing a region um you know yeah I'm remodeling I'm fully remodeling this house I mean dude I Brad I have like a I must have like a like a knack for just pain and then I'm like should I continue building and making and selling items and and frankly I mean to, you know it's hard to compete I mean you know a lot of a lot of the makers want to you know, kind of talk about collaboration over competition. Yep, and yep. honestly, I kind I, I kind of chuckle because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, like if I'm making clock or if I'm yeah, clocks, products, candles, I'm kind of competing <laughs> with everyone else who is doing that, you know. And it's I don't know, competition doesn't have to be a cuss word. And at the end of the day, I just felt like, man, I can't compete. I can't lower the costs. You know, Travis over at Man Ready's making some amazing candles and he's got an awesome thing going in Houston. Like, go buy from him. He's awesome. You know what I mean? And so right. uh I I just kind of came to the realization that man, I gotta handle what's in front of me. I gotta I gotta work on the career, I gotta take care of the family, and I've got to remodel this house. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, honestly, kind of a life events took place as well as just a realization of and the culture the culture was catching up to the maker movement. I mean, like I said earlier, Target, Home Hobby Lobby, even right. Home Depot. I mean, you could you could see that it was amazing to watch our culture adopt the maker and the the kind of rustic handmade look and yep. then produce that in China and sell that here in the states and you're like, you know, that's that's going to be hard to keep up with, you know, that's a, that's a hard business model to keep. So yeah, that's kind of where it went. So, yeah. So, and, and it, I could see a lot of those things coming together for you and doing, you know, doing that for so long. And like you said, I mean, you were ahead of the game or at least inserted right there in the heyday of Etsy in the heyday of rustic. And so you were, you yep. were kind of, you hit this great cross section uh, and then as things started progressing away from that cross section, you know, as it goes mainstream, we always talk about that, right? What's the next thing? It's like, as soon as you see something at, you know, Hobby Lobby or Target, then that's, you know, it's starting to get played out from that point and commoditized and all that. And, uh, you know, that obviously has an impact on your pricing and, and the just general interest level. Cause now if somebody can find it walking down the local store versus having to go on Etsy or having to find their local maker, it just makes it much more difficult for that commodity type type product. Uh, like, so that's right. that whole, that whole product, like how, what was that? that? That was three, four years that, that we just kind of walked through right there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, let's see, 2013, 20, 20, 2012, 2013, 2014 and 2015 were probably the, the growth. And then 2014, 15 were the heydays. I mean, you know, I was, uh, we were, we were, we were starting to make some good money there. I mean, we got invited to West Elm for some event as, as some of these companies were trying to introduce more makers into their product lines and stuff. And so, you know, the word of mouth was spreading. We were starting to connect and make good friends. You know, I think of some really great friends across the country and yeah. And then probably as we were going to peak is where I basically kind of had made that choice of I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to focus on career and family and, you know, I got to be honest, I mean, you know, the, the, I would say the decline then was probably the, the that 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. definitely. I would call that the decline of the retail side. 
And, you know, for year, for a while, I guess I can't say years, but for a while I felt kind of bad, like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not this, you know, I, I feel a loss of morale, but at the kind of even talking about it with you, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it really is just a shift. It was just kind of a, a mentality shift and a life shift and, and it, you know, allowed, I don't know, there's more, there was also more makers and people kind of getting into it. And the, the markets, market space, marketplace was just saturated. I mean, and honestly, my personality is, you know, once it's kind of a lot of people are there, I kind of lose interest. If, if the innovation and it's crowded, I kind of like to move on and try something else. And so I think I, I, I had to kind of realize like, man, dude, don't, don't beat yourself up. Like, you know, sure. I may have failed quote unquote with product development and sales at that time, but you know, that's okay. It's, that's no problem. I mean, we can move on. I remember, <laughs> I remember at one point trying to like get into spoon carving. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh you, my you, gosh. You, you had a quick talk with Josh Nava and then you're like, I'm yeah. going to be the next spoon carver. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, well, and then you start, I don't know the, it's kind of like that kid on these commercials about sports. They show him like being interviewed and why he's like leaving sports. And they're trying to tell you, you know, oh, we got to, we, we got to quit making sports, you know, not fun anymore. You know, we got to make it fun again. So kids will stay in it. And at the end of the day, I mean, I really got into field treasure or the maker space because it was in, in exciting and fun. And I was learning and I wanted my kids to kind of see me building and making and it's I start it's I started to kind of lose my soul a little bit with it or its soul because you started worrying about you know selling and making and I'm like I'm not really cut out and that's that's a great thing if someone really wants to you know make widgets and and have other people and hire people and and you know cost per unit goes down and and sales per unit goes up and but I just was like you know I I'm I'm not really into that game. And and I think for many people out there, it's okay to say, you know, I'm not into that and I don't need to compete with that anymore, you know. And so I, but yeah, I, the decline was probably two years. Gotcha. But I, I just I I wanted to hit and just kind of sit on that for a minute, that what you just said, because I think that happens to a lot of us is that you start doing something, you're you're passionate about it, you like what you're doing. And then it kind of takes you, right? It takes off mm -hmm. and you're kind of grabbing it by the heels and trying to keep up with it. And it's going and you get featured on the front page of Etsy. The next thing you know, you've got 32 products and you're like, how did I get here? Like how, you know, you're, you're because I think you're when you're in the moment, the only thing on your mind is fulfilling those orders and doing the next thing. And then there's exciting things and it's and it doesn't feel that way. But, you know, like you said, at, at the end, I, I think a lot of people that even I've seen on the makerspace is like, then all of a sudden you're like, man, I, I like all I'm doing is making like 150 cutting boards, you know, every holiday season and I can't stand it anymore. Like it's it's not yeah. it loses the fun. I think that that's the biggest risk that I see for makers making small goods because it's it's yeah. a, it's a bit different when you're making large product like tables and and hutches and, and just big type of furniture mm -hmm. because, you know, that's a a week or two of a build and you know it's it's you're not it's a different kind of hustle right the, the volume right. isn't there so it, i think it doesn't feel as big of a grind uh because like you know like you said i'm you know i'm just imagining you just sitting there on the couch just you and your wife just like stenciling out signs and being like 
what are we doing here? Like, how Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that you, you, you mentioned that because also, I mean, you know, your, your, your podcast here is called made for profit and you know, now it's interesting. My story now I've been, I've now been quote unemployed for about a year and a half and no salary, no pay, no, no guaranteed pay, no insurance. And so I, you know, when I started all this, I had a full-time job uh, my wife was not working and still she still doesn't work yet. She she's so awesome. She gets to help raise our kids and take care of them. But and she supported me in so many of these endeavors, especially going, you know, I call it going overseas. <laughs> but uh, all the Texas listeners will laugh at that. But, um, you know, uh, you know, you've got to it's OK to say I need to make a profit here. And one of the things we're dealing with now is that if 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 someone is needing to make profit, excitement and passion and dedication is our huge ingredients in order to make that profit. Because frankly, if you don't make profit, you don't succeed. You don't win. And you're going to have to go back to work somewhere. And I think so many people get all worried about, oh, profit, don't talk about profit or don't talk about competition. And I'm kind of going, no, those are like the key tenets of what we're in here to do. I mean, I've got to make a profit in my businesses for my family. You know, and so it was easy to kind of have a full time job and a full time career that paid the bills that I had a trajectory of, you know, a year end bonus and insurance so I could dabble and I can even allocate a budget to starting the business. But I really, from the get go, wanted Field Treasure Designs to sustain itself. And when I started realizing that I couldn't make those widgets or I couldn't I didn't have the passion for it or the time for it it was pretty easy to then go, you know, this is no longer, you know, the time. Now it was a bummer because you're like, oh man, nobody, you, you know, I got to a point where I'd put a product out there. Hey, I made this over the weekend and nobody buys it. And you're like, oh man, I hate my life. But anyways, that, does that all make sense? Yeah, no, it, it totally does. And I, I know that a lot of, a lot of the listeners are, are in that spot right now. And they're, they're, they're sitting where you were back in 2012 and they're, and they're, making things and there's a lot of excitement and, and, you know, not, not again to be Debbie Downers or anything, but I, I love the fact that, you know, you're sharing this story and, and just talking mm. about the realism of, of having the passion kind of, you know, dwindle and wanting to move on. And I think that, again, that's part of, of, you know, your personality, like I talked for a minute, you're, you know, you're very excitable. You want that new stuff. So I think that's, uh, you know, you've gone through and you spent four to five years learning the business ramping it up, ramping it down, working in the heyday and, you know, coming out of the back end, what, what are, what are some of those like huge learnings? Like for those, for those Andrew Bacon's in 2012, you know, what, what are some of those things? I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding because we normally ask the advice at the end, but I think this is a great point to put it in. What kind of, you know, what were your big learnings coming out of that? Oh man. <clears throat> Now, are you talking maybe the beginning kind of the yeah the like just, I mean either or maybe either the way aftermath what either way you know both spots like you know there are things that in the beginning you wish you would have done that you think uh, could have made it more successful uh, are there things that you did that were really successful that you're like dude make sure you you're, you're thinking about this because if I hadn't you know it would have blown up or whatever yeah that's that's so I'm glad you asked I mean to kind of give a little context for where the advice would come from you know if I fast forward to now. You know, I left my career about 15 years. I did some consulting out of Atlanta for about six months, a wonderful group there. And then 
we moved up to Lincoln where I'm now full-time self-employed. You know, I'm a, I, I do real estate. I'm looking at, you know, investing down the road and really have had to face the music of, wow, I, I, I have to earn my paycheck. I mean, this, this and I got to say, I mean, for anybody out there doing that, I have a, and you now know this, I mean, that is a massive, massive uh, uh, change, massive evolution, especially if you're the sole provider, like I, I still am. And, you know, so based on that, I would say, and, and so, you know, so right now, even, even in the non-maker aspect of my life and of, of doing real estate and of, of working on the YouTube, uh, you know, area and, and, and how to kind of area, you know, I have to really think about what are the drivers to help me, you know, what can you do to put yourself in the best possible position to win and to succeed? And part of that is a passion and a, and a drive because you, you know, I've got to make calls. I've got to get out there and meet people, you know, networking. There's so much to learn and growing in the real estate world uh, or any sales position or any new business if you're an entrepreneur. And so how can you help yourself? So, yeah, I think, you know, obviously I'm not one of those guys that believes you have to be passionate about what you do every day. I think that's kind of a misnomer. I, I, I think you obviously know that, you know, to oh, I'm so excited about this YouTube video right now. You know, we, it's just not, we're human beings. Like we're, we can be negative. We have bad days. We wake up feeling depressed or whatever. And so there are times to, you've got to really move through that. So I, but I would also say that you sort of, you need to be able to have that energy and passion for what you're doing at times to kind of keep you going or else this is going to be an uphill battle forever. And then I think, you know, I think uh, appropriating the involvement, appropriating what you're doing, you know, or especially in our social media world, and especially because now there is so much to compare yourself to. I mean, even when you and I kind of started, I don't know if, I mean, man, I think about that. I mean, we probably felt demoralized here and there, you know, back in 2012, 2013, you know, when we would see certain people who are crushing it. But I think today it's even, it's just so much, there's so many more people out there. Yeah. It's so easy to feel like a failure. And at the end of the day, there's always somebody going to be who's behind you. There's always people who are next to you. And there are always people who seem insurmountably ahead of you. And, you know, to be really careful that you're not trying to get out of your lane too quickly or, or just uncharacteristically. And to just be content with who you are. I know that's like the hardest thing to actually take, but to go, you know, like, am I comfortable being me? You know, you guys can't be Brad. I mean, you're not, you're not where Brad is with his business, you know, fix this, build that. Gosh, I remember when you came up with your name, your brand. I mean, so many people just don't see the growth and development of the person, of the business, of the athlete. I mean, I, I'm a huge baseball fan. I mean, the years that these guys spend in the minor leagues to develop and grow, very few of them go straight from college to starting. And we're in a culture of microwaving and of, you, you know, you, you're an overnight success. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's just not really true. And, and so to be content with the, you know, the, the, I had a friend the other day, he's a, he, he leads a pretty successful business in Atlanta. He texted me, he's like, the journey of a thousand steps begins with one, you know? And so to just be content and patient with your process and to make sure that you're investing your energies into those right 
things, not trying to measure up with somebody that you're not or to do something that you're you're not really ready to do. I think those are that's probably my biggest advice. And and to you know, I don't know if if you by some standard if you fail by a certain standard, like let's say you don't make your sales or you don't make your Instagram, you know, account whatever, your YouTube subscribers, you know, have you succeeded in other areas, you know, whether it's personal growth or relationships. I mean, at the end of the day, if Field Treasure, you know, you know that I've almost folded up Field Treasure countless times. And you know, I sold <laughs> I sold everything. I sold I sold that book of stencils. When you, if you sold remember. that book of bi- that's binder of stencils, I almost, I almost bought them. Just I'd be like, he's gonna want these back. <laughs> but you know, like I've succeeded in just even our relationship, or even you know, my ability to know how things work. And so I think that's that's really important. Obviously, you know, if you're gonna make it your full time career, we need to have a whole other discussion. But if it's just a side thing, you know, be careful. Just not take your eye off what matters. Uh, relationships, you, your personal growth. Um, you know what I mean? I do. I totally do. And, and um, it, it is overwhelming and all consuming when you're working, mm-hmm. when you're really working a side hustle. And so many of us have been there. Uh, and when I was working my side hustle, I felt, you know, same thing. Like you get home like all you know, you're checking your Instagram, you're checking to see how the growth has been. If you're, you know, even in the beginning, I was selling, you know, selling cutting boards, trying to just do whatever I could to, to scratch, scratch up some money and figure out my place in this sure. whole maker scene. And, uh, and you're, you know, you're just going, you're burning the candle at both ends of the stick. And it's, it's seemingly ne- never ending. And the big thing for me, and I was lucky enough to, um, I, th- I think, I don't know where exactly, but I, I do remember Bob Claggett talking about it, but I, I had already kind of solidified it mostly and hearing him talk about it really helped me as well as, is um, talking about kind of his sprint. And so uh, at, after we'd been in it for a little bit, my wife and I, cause she was stay at home. And so it, there's a huge toll on the family. If you're, if you're a family person, if you're a family man, a family woman, yeah. huge toll on the family because like, where do you think you're taking your time from? You're taking it from yourself personally, your sleep and your family and all your hobbies and everything else. If you're really getting after it. And what I found was that uh, it was really taxing. And then at some point we said, yeah, I think this might be a thing. Um, we're going to set a line in the sand. And so mm-hmm. we looked out and I said, look, here's here's the goal. Because I think if you don't have that goal out there, like, you know, like you were just hitting on like you it can it can overwhelm you. And if you're not saying like, hey, at this point in time, six months from now, nine months from now, 18 months, whatever it is, because X, Y and Z and we're going to be able to pay off this debt and my kids going to go into school so my wife can then go back to work, whatever that is, uh, which is exactly what we did. It's mm-hmm. like if it's not working by then, like you get if you get to that time or you're getting close to that time, you're like, we're not going to be able to make it like you got to know when to be able to pull the pull the plug. Because if you don't, then you'll just be stuck in that limbo forever. And that that was huge for us because we had that line in the sand that we knew like, OK, uh, this is 2017 when my youngest daughter goes to school. My wife will go back to work. Like, will we have enough money for me? Can I make it there to build up the business enough where we could sustain with her lowly, horrible teacher income in Tennessee? That yep. Severely underpaid. Uh, yep. plus my earnings and, and that, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was so huge. Like to think about that. So I, I love that you hit on that because you can't live in that forever or you'll, yep. you'll just burn out. 
Well, and and I think today it's easy to start having these drivers that you never actually set in place. You know, oh, if I don't have enough likes or if I don't sell enough product or have a website with videos and like, I think it's important to designate and to understand, are you just in it to do stuff on the side or are you, and that's great, then, then, then stay at that speed and be okay with yourself and be fine with where you're at. But if you are wanting to go full-time and you want this to be your career, then that's a whole nother set of kind of details and goals like you were talking about. And to be careful not to fall into that trap, because there's many of you out there that you may not actually enjoy living a life of solitude, being a maker in your garage, you know, or, or whatever it might be on the side. You may actually, I mean, and for me, it's interesting. I'm kind of alone for the most part in this new career. And I used to lead a big part of the organization and have lots of employees. And, you know, I really miss leading a team. And so I think it's important for, you know, people to really make sure that just, you know, where you're going. I love that you talked about like we, you know, you and you were, your wife knew where you were going and kind of had a, had a plan in place. And so many folks are just kind of roaming around in the dark, just trying to compete with who they see on Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a, that is an easy trap to fall into, but so, so let's kind of, let's kind of pull out of that. And because I, I love, you know, walking through that whole journey of the, you know, mm-hmm. merch side and the product side of, of field treasure. Let's talk about kind of where you're at now, how you've come out of that. And, and so what did that look like transitioning into, cause so now, and you are coming up on a thousand, a thousand followers on YouTube. You've been, <laughs> you've been crushing out the videos, man. Uh, you know, you've, you've got, gosh, I don't know, 30, 20, 30 videos up now. And, uh, you know, this is like, I, I remember being early in these days and I remember how much it stinks <laughs> to like have a hundred and six views on a video. Right. And you're like, what, you know, and then, and then you get some that pop off. You're like, Ooh, you know, this got 14,000 views on the, on building a, a Paul workbench. Yep. Uh, yep. you know what, like hit on that a little bit because there's so many folks who are just starting their channels, they're putting in time and they're like, when is this going to happen? And, you know, we've had a few conversations too, just about, about going through the process and getting in, you know, you got a, you've, you've got some great stuff where you've been able to take what you did in the product side. So there's how to make a stencil, which we just talked about the, you know, kids construction truck sign, which is uh, exactly the same type thing. The sawhorse desk five years ago, that was how to put that together. So you can go. Yeah. I need to do a video on how to make that thing. You do, you do. So, uh, and then you just did the one on the reclaim pallet clock. So, What's that been like getting into the YouTube side? <laughs> well, Back you into know, can we, the YouTube can side. you and I, we, we need to start a podcast made for loss <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I, yeah, what a journey. Um, gosh, I, it's funny. I still remember our conversation. I'm like, Oh, Brad, if only I had started YouTube back then. Um, you know, YouTube, I had a friend call me the other day. She said, Hey, I want to start a channel. It looks like you're, you're growing one. You know, I need some advice. And, and, and honestly, man, I got to tell you, YouTube is hard. You, I, you know, I've been in the social media space, you know, for a while now, obviously we were kind of more earlier adopters in this world, I think. And obviously my kind of, you know, market share or how, whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of started to, to diminish, you know, it's funny watching the, the, uh, the influence kind of go down. It's so amazing how that does correlate with energy and passion. It is interesting. That'd be a whole nother convo, but yeah, I've never, I've never experienced though a platform that can be so 
unrelentingly negative. Um, <laughs> people on YouTube are vicious. And I think part of that is because, you know, you can throw a photo on Instagram with a couple edits or a quick video. Dude, you, you put a YouTube video out there and if you try to make it quality, that is a, that's like a body of work and energy, you know? So every comment just feels like it can, you know, just throw you off your horse. But yeah, so, you know, we kind of decided to leave the product space, you know, like we'd laughed about, I sold a bunch of this stuff, you know, I called it kind of burning the ships. And and here's an interesting aspect. We, we don't have to dig into it too much, but something that I've noticed about myself is that in order to grow, I was talking to my buddy, uh, Billiam, who's a, he does an awesome jeans company out in Greenville. And we were, we were talking about this. I think I had him on my podcast. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but to really move to the next level or to, to, to evolve to the next place, you really got to burn the ships. You know, it's like the old Spanish soldiers saying, we're going to burn these ships because we're not going back home, you know? And I kept kind of going back to the things that I was good at, that I was, that I was used to, like, oh, I can make clocks, oh, I can make products, oh, I can, you know, do good photography, oh, I can put this out there. And I really wasn't moving into the next level of what what might be good for our growth or or good for Field Treasure or even ourselves personally. And so, yeah, that was part of the symbol of like, I'm literally going to sell this stuff. So I literally can't go back to it. And but yeah, so we you know, when we got up here to Lincoln, you know, I was building a real estate business. I was kind of utilizing some of the, the the you know, my skills I had learned in my, you know, former career as an executive director, as well as uh, leading people. And then, you know, the Field Treasure brand. So branding myself, networking, you know, budgeting, all that kind of stuff, uh, setting goals. And then I thought, you know, I've got some margin and I don't have any anywhere else to really worry about this, this other public profile. So let's do it, man. Let's, I'm going to get into the space. I'm going to, I'm going to get into Premiere Pro. I'm going to invest in a solid Yeti mic. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, you know, my big thing was, has always been how to really help my family and how to add supplemental income and just personal growth to our family. I never wanted to just go to work, get the paycheck and just like let life kind of autopilot. Like we've always been passionate about being debt free. We've been debt free for a number of years now. And, you know, to give my kids skills and to give them access to different things that they could try, you know, not just sports, like so many are, are falling to the, the, the trap of. That's a whole other conversation. And yeah, I thought, you know, I really need to just get into this and challenge myself to do video editing, video filming, uh, the projects, and, and just get the things that I love to make things. I love to improve the house. I love to tinker. And so I need to be capturing this. I need to be this. I've got so much material. I've really got to capture it. And maybe one day it would compound and actually monetize itself, which would be really cool. As But if it doesn't, I'll have something to kind of give to my kids, you know, developing projects, uh, filming, editing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I started kind of officially at the end of last year, like January 1. And, you know, I said, okay, every project I do, I'm going to film it. I'm going to edit it. I started with iMovie. You know, I stumbled mm -hmm. around in the Mac program. Uh -huh. And then I had a buddy, another buddy who's out there in Nashville. He's like, dude, you got to do Premiere Pro. So I started learning that, you know, video editing. And yeah, you know, I'm not really sure. My, my biggest goal for 2019 was to, you know, YouTube has a pretty, pretty rigorous requirement nowadays that you've got to have 4,000 hours of watch time. Right. on your content 
and you've got to have a thousand subscribers right uh in one year before you can add, add on ads and, and monetize your channel and so yep. i thought okay cool you know while i build this business i'm gonna uh you know sort of you know work on this project on the side i'm gonna try to film my stuff i'm gonna edit it i'm gonna try to put out content that i'm proud of you know that um maybe it's my spin on a project or it's a new thing and um so yeah, I'm closing on the on the home stretch, man. I'm I'm, I'm right there. You get you know, you'll, you'll remember, get there by the end of the year. I know it. Yeah, definitely. So that's kind of where it's at. You know, I'm not sure. I've learned. I, I have to say, I've learned a lot. I mean, I'm not sure if it's you know being a YouTuber. I know it's a lot of kids' dreams these days. I have a lot to say about it now. I mean, as you know, being a quote YouTuber, it is a hard work. It's a lot of work, and you know. I'm not quite sure if I'm I'm there yet, you know, but um that's kind of where it's at, you know. Yeah. And it's it's cool to watch you uh convert and do that. And and then it's something that I I didn't think about. And I like, you know, I look at a lot of your projects and you've got your kids in a lot of them, which is awesome. And I've you know, we've kind of gone back and forth about having the kids in there or not. But um yep. they've been in a few of the different projects and things, and I'm starting to to, you know, open up a little bit more there and especially as they get a little bit older. But um you know, I think that like having that, like you said, to pass on to your kids, like I could just see I never really thought about that, but I could just see my boys and my girl like, you know, in 15 years going back and looking, you know, and like being like, oh, man, oh, I remember when dad made that. I remember when dad made my bed. That was <laughs> so right. cool. That's like, right. you know, it's like you're uh, it, it's a cool little piece like, you know, it has nothing to do with the business. But it's a great little you know, thinking about that. It's interesting to hear you. It's like, well, hey, look, if nothing else works out, at least I have this. And this is this is something it's kind of like a time capsule that the kids can look back and it's, you know, out there and what, you know, whatever. If YouTube goes away, you know, we can uh, download them and get those or whatever. Just having that footage of of you, like, I think that's a huge thing to setting an example for your kids just about working with your hands about hard work about you know putting something into a passion that uh, you're interested in and there, there's so much there I, I love that aspect of it too that a lot of people don't think about and even you know I never really thought about it until recently as I started uh, I was watching a video that I did on the playset this was like uh, over a year ago now and my son was helping me disassemble the playset you know I'm just like oh like he was so small back then like you know it's like man he's grown so much so I think that's a nice little that's right. fringe benefit of the YouTube. Yeah. So you're, you're I know you're going to look back and be like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, I can't believe how big the, the yeah. girls have gotten. And oh, my boy, when we were well, doing, making the trucks with it, look at it now. That's right. Well, you know, and it's yeah, it's it's a way to kind of drive yourself to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to put myself out there. And, and I, I think in our culture. We're, you know, so much criticism, so much negativity, and so much of it is being, is from people that are not trying new things, not putting themselves out there. I mean, I got to tell you, I will never leave a negative comment on a YouTube channel, obviously, unless it's like, you know, something that they're filming something terrible, you know, like this is bad. But, you know, the, the appreciation you develop when you try it for yourself, right. you know, when you actually go play the sport when you get tackled or when you strike out, you, you understand that, man, these people are, are, are putting themselves out there. And I just, I don't know, I want our family and, and myself to be a contributor and not a critic, you know? 
And that's been a really cool aspect. Again, not really business oriented, not profit oriented, just maybe, you know, to me, there's, there's monetary profit, but then there's also personal profit. And there's, you know, the, this is, as long as it's not taking over our family and I'm doing YouTube all the time, you know, to put it in its place, I feel like it's, it's been a positive uh, force within the family. And, you know, I love the idea of, you know, I took shop class as a, I think where woodworking and making kind of developed for me was I took shop class in, uh, in Houston, Texas in eighth grade, and it changed my life. It was like, oh my gosh, you can, you can make things, you can build things, you can, you can work with your hands. I, it just, I had never been exposed to that as a kid, you know, um, I had been exposed to sports, you know, and so uh, I'm excited to let my kids, you know, teach them what drills are and, you know, you know, they go out and I test them on what, okay, where's the table saw? Where's the circular saw? Where's the miter saw? And <laughs> it's awesome to kind of see them. They, they just know all this stuff that most of the kids, if not all of the kids in their school have never even heard of, you know, right. and not that we're trying to be better just to allow the kids to be exposed to things that are, and if I, that are different and, and, um, you know, Oh, dad's filming, you know? And so they grab the microphone and pretend and, you know, so that's, that's been a fun aspect. Absolutely, man. Dude, what a, an awesome conversation. It's been great to catch up with you and just kind of walk through that whole story that I've seen unfold over the years that we've known each other. And, uh, and I, I kind of hit you for the advice earlier. So we'll, we'll let that stand as it is. I thought that was some great advice on really staying true to yourself. Uh, and maybe we're, I, I'm personally, obviously very excited for you and, and continue to support you and watch you grow and I'm looking forward to to seeing what's going to come next from Field Treasure and and I fully expect uh you know to be buying another Tennessee sign maybe in 2022 like you know, <laughs> the rebirth <That's> right <laughs> something like that the resurgence of the products oh man who knows who knows man I know dude but but man uh, thanks so much for coming on and and sharing your story and uh we'll definitely be over here rooting for you buddy absolutely man thanks for the time it's been awesome awesome all right buddy see ya later i love talking with andrew and getting his perspective on things and if you couldn't tell he is a deep thinker he really looks at business in the whole context of life versus just dollars and cents and that's something i think a lot of times i really need to be reminded about so if you want to help andrew get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year you can head over to madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 120 and we'll have links to his channels there as well as his YouTube. So go check that out. If you want to join us and have the conversation over on Facebook, you can do that as well at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. Have some awesome conversations, questions and answers going on over there. But right now I'm going to head over and talk with the patrons and we will catch you next week. Later.